Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Good Wednesday morning. We have breaking news from the Vatican. The Pope taken to the hospital. Good morning. It's February 28th. This is today. Health concerns. Pope Francis hospitalized while battling the flu. The 87-year-old forced to cancel a number of public appearances this week. We'll have the very latest on his condition. Wild weather. A massive wildfire erupts in Texas, burning out of control near a nuclear weapons plant and forcing emergency evacuations overnight. And in the Midwest, powerful storms spawning damaging tornadoes, hail, and high winds near Chicago. That severe weather now headed east. Al's got the full forecast. Results in. Donald Trump and President Biden easily win their primaries in the swing state of Michigan overnight. But Democrats turn out by the thousands to register their displeasure, refusing to vote for Biden. We voted uncommitted today. Just ahead, new reaction from the president's team and the impact on the 2024 race with Super Tuesday less than a week away. Family matters. Hundreds of IVF patients and providers set to rally at the Alabama State House in the wake of that controversial ruling on frozen embryos. You do everything that you can. Because there are other choices you have. This morning, the growing fallout and the new push to protect IVF treatments nationwide. Decision day, a key hearing in the Idaho College murders case just hours away. A trial date finally expected to be set. The latest on the case today, Wednesday, February 28th, 2024. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb. Live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Hi there. Good morning, everybody. Nice to have you along with us on a Wednesday morning. Yeah, it is a very busy Wednesday morning. A number of developing stories, including that wild weather we were talking about. We want to start with this breaking news out of the Vatican this morning. Pope Francis has been taken to the hospital. It happened after his weekly audience today. NBC's chief international correspondent, Keir Simmons, joins us now. Keir, good morning. What can you tell us? Masvana, good morning to you. This will inevitably worry many Catholics and others around the world who love Pope Francis. He paid a quick visit to the hospital uh, today, according to the Vatican, and he is now back at uh, the Vatican. It happened after his his general audience, in which he said that he was suffering uh, from a cold and then had an aide uh, read uh, the uh, speech for that general audience. I'll just read you, Savannah, uh, some of the statement that we've just got from the Vatican. After the general audience, Pope Francis went to Gemelli Hospital for some diagnostic tests and they say they confirm that at the end he returned to the Vatican. Now, according to uh, the Answer News Agency, it was a scheduled uh, visit, uh, but no announcement 
was been made. Now, of course, the Pope is 87. He has had to uh, slow down a, a little bit in recent weeks because of continuing uh, respiratory uh, challenges. And in fact, over the weekend, uh, the Vatican said that he was suffering from uh, flu-like symptoms. Now, it's not unusual for the Pope. You'll remember that as a young man, he lost a part of his uh, lung uh, savannah. He had that uh, removed. And so we have seen uh, on many occasions him struggle with some respiratory challenges. And uh, folks will even remember that at the end of last year, he had to cancel a visit to the COP climate summit, something that he was passionate about, that he really wanted uh, to attend. So there have been other occasions in recent years where he has seemed to be, be suffering uh, more substantially. Uh, Savannah, uh, this is a cold and flu season in Rome, but the Pope being uh, Pope Francis, he continues uh, to meet Catholics uh, and others. Savannah. All right. Kirsten is with that breaking news. Thank you. Let's turn now to that severe weather overnight across much of the country, including wildfires, heavy rain, extreme temperature dips, even tornadoes. Those fires raging in the south with conditions so bad in Texas, a nuclear weapons plant near Amarillo was partially evacuated. Now, meantime, flights at Chicago's O'Hare Airport were grounded. Passengers were forced to shelter in place because of a tornado warning there. All of this coming as unseasonably high temperatures are taking a dramatic drop. St. Louis going from a high of 86 yesterday to the 40s today. We've got complete coverage. We've got Al's full forecast. But first, uh, NBC's Adrian Broadus joins us now from just outside of Chicago. Hey, Adrian, good morning. Hoda, good morning to you. We've seen multiple seasons in a 24-hour period. Strong winds and destructive tornadoes hammering much of the Midwest. Still waiting to learn whether or not a tornado caused the damage at this now partially collapsed apartment building just northwest of Chicago. But in other parts of the country, fire is the threat. This morning, a fire raging near a nuclear weapons plant as out-of-control wildfires swept through the Texas panhandle. Let's pull out. We got too many spots. Pull out. Pull out. Everybody, pull out. And the state's governor issuing a disaster declaration. Concerns growing about the Pantex plant near Amarillo, a nuclear weapons assembly facility. With an uncontained fire nearby, the plant suspending operations overnight. Workers back on site this morning. We are continuing and will continue on the night to ensure that Pantex plant is protected and safe. Strong winds and dry conditions fueling widespread blazes throughout the state. Meanwhile, wild weather continuing in the Midwest, with reported tornadoes in Illinois and Michigan. The dangerous storms splintering structures, leaving them in pieces. It's already been a wild weather week for millions nationwide. To have this kind of dramatic swing that we're having with this wild 55 degree temperature swing, maybe, that's what makes this really unique. With more than 100 cities hitting daily record highs this week, including typically chilly Rochester, New York, which tied for its warmest February temperature ever, recorded at 73 degrees. This should be 12 inches of snow on the ground. Some anglers in Missouri even out fishing and not on ice, as extreme weather wreaks havoc for millions across the country. And later today, teams from the National Weather Service heading out across the region to assess the damage. They want to determine whether or not uprooted trees like this one was caused by a tornado or something else. Back to you. All right. Adrian brought us for us there covering that weather story. Adrian, thank you. Got Al out on the mm -hmm. road this morning. He is tracking the storm. And what is next? Good morning. 
Hey, good morning, guys. We've got a lot of wild weather to talk about, as Adrian just kind of told you. Let's show you what's happening right now. We're looking at the radar, and it is fired up. And, in fact, we have tornado watches now through 9 a.m., stretching from uh, the, the Kentucky all the way up into Ohio. We may have had a tornado just outside of Dayton, Ohio, Springfield, Ohio. We're watching that as well. Storms rumble across the Ohio-Tennessee Valley today into tonight. Evening delays, airports and roads, I-95 from Boston to Washington, D.C., Back behind it, some light snow, heavier rain, rainfall rates up to one inch per hour. So it's going to be a real mess. Plus that temperature, the winds are going to be a big problem from coast to coast. 135 million people under high wind watches, high wind warnings as well. And the temperature plunges. Yesterday's high in Minneapolis, 53. The wind chill right now, it feels like minus 14. A 64 degree high in Des Moines. Minus fifth, minus nine for the wind chill. Chicago, you were at 74. You feel like 13 degrees right now. One day change in St. Louis, a 45, temp, 45 degree temperature drop. Dallas, you had a 25 degree temperature drop. And as this system continues to move to the east and those cooler temperatures ahead of it for today, Boston, 58, New York City, 62, near 70 in DC. But then we move through that front drops and we will see temperatures drop by anywhere from 10 to 20. Five to 30 degrees from what they were for today. So, guys, big changes coming in the weather over the next 24 hours. All right, Al, thank you so much. Uh, let's move now to those overnight results from the Michigan race in the 2024 presidential race. President Biden won the Democratic primary, but... The major concern for his campaign, more than 100,000 voters casting ballots for uncommitted. On the Republican side, it was another easy win for Donald Trump, topping Nikki Haley by more than 40 points. NBC's Gabe Gutierrez is in Detroit. He's covering it all for us. Hey, Gabe, good morning. Hey there, Hoda. Good morning. Michigan, of course, is expected to be one of the closest swing states this November. And now, as you mentioned, a group protesting President Biden and the war in Gaza managed to get more than 100,000 votes. This morning, President Biden and former President Trump coming off huge wins in Michigan. We demand a permanent ceasefire now. But it's these voters who shook up the Democratic primary. If he doesn't get it together and change what he's doing, we will not vote for him in November. Overnight, an extremely unusual watch party for voters who cast their ballots not for a candidate, but for uncommitted in protest of President Biden's handling of the Israel-Hamas war. I didn't feel good about voting for Joe Biden. Um, he's been pretty complicit about the genocide happening in Palestine. The effort's organizers had set their goal at 10,000 votes. They got more than 10 times that. You voted for President Biden in 2020, so you think in November you might vote for former President Trump? Correct. Here in Dearborn, Arab Americans make up a majority of the population. Longtime Democrat Ramsey Kassam told me he was furious with the Biden administration over the death toll in Gaza. I think it's a great idea to volunteer to send that message. The Biden campaign points out overall, uncommitted only got 13 percent of the vote, about the same percentage as some previous primaries. Still, Donald Trump only beat Hillary Clinton in 2016 by 10,000 votes in Michigan. President Biden won the crucial swing state in 2020 by about 150,000. So any protest votes could be critical come November.
On the Republican side of the race, Mr. Trump has now swept the first five contests and called to thank Michigan supporters overnight. I'm so proud of the results because they're far greater than anticipated. But his rival, Nikki Haley, says under the former president, Republicans have actually lost ground as she moves on to Super Tuesday states, insisting she's not dropping out. States like Colorado and Michigan and Minnesota want to start winning again. You have to have somebody on the ticket that can win a general election. And back here in Battleground, Michigan, the uncommitted vote clearly shows that the Biden campaign faces several challenges with Arab American and young voters. But the campaign plans to ramp up its messaging in the coming months on abortion rights. Hoda? Another Biden administration is responding to that 100,000 uncommitted vote. What are they saying? Well, Hoda, initially, the statement put out by the president made no mention of the uncommitted vote. But overnight, a senior campaign advisor says that the president shares the goal of many of those who voted uncommitted, which is an end to the violence. Still, President Biden has only sent top aides here to Michigan to meet with Arab American voters. He hasn't come himself to meet with them in person. And based on this vote, that could change, Hoda. All right, Gabe Gutierrez for us there in Detroit. Gabe, thanks. Another big story this morning, the looming threat of another government shutdown. A partial stoppage is now just two days away unless Congress acts swiftly. NBC's Capitol Hill correspondent Ryan Nobles joins us with the latest. Ryan, good morning. Hey, Savannah, good morning. And here we go again. Congress staring down the possibility of another government shutdown. This one, though, is a bit different. Things like national parks and zoos are not under immediate threat. There are actually two different deadlines impacting different parts of the government. And that first deadline is this Friday. Once again, Congress is on the verge of doing something they all agree is a bad idea. It's so clear that we can't have the shutdown. There's no need for a shutdown, though. Lawmakers are scrambling to pass a spending bill that will avoid a government shutdown that could come in two phases. The first deadline set for Friday. It will not mean national parks will close or that padlocks will be put on the gates of zoos. It will, however, impact roughly one third of the federal government. Funding for departments like Agriculture, the Food and Drug Administration, Veterans Affairs, Transportation and Housing and Urban Development are all set to expire. Some services for veterans across the country would be in jeopardy, and any new hires of air traffic controllers would stop. In total, some 630,000 federal workers will stop getting a paycheck. Most will still have to show up for work, though, because they are considered essential. And a recently passed law guarantees they will get back pay once the government reopens. On Tuesday, the four congressional leaders met with President Biden. And I'm cautiously optimistic. Uh, that we can do what is necessary within the next day or so to close down these bills and avoid a government shutdown. House Speaker Mike Johnson is the wild card. He needs to find a way to bring a bill to the floor that will get enough votes without alienating conservative Republicans who could threaten his job as Speaker, a goal he promised to reach. We believe that we can get to agreement on these issues and prevent a government shutdown, and that's our first uh, responsibility. But even if lawmakers avoid this first stage of the shutdown this Friday, one week later they face an even tougher task as the budget of major departments like defense, commerce, homeland security, education, and state are all set to expire. Savannah. All right, Ryan Noble's on the Hill. Thank you. 7.15, we say good morning to Craig. Hey, Craig. Hey, Hoda, Savannah. Good morning. Good morning to you as well. This morning, there's some new developments in the ongoing battle over that Alabama court ruling recognizing frozen embryos 
as children. Patients, clinics, and lawmakers are now working to protect access to IVF treatments. NBC's Kathy Park joins us from the Alabama State House with more on that. Kathy, good morning. Hey, Craig, good morning to you. That's right. Later on this morning, hundreds of IVF patients and providers will be here at the State House pressuring lawmakers to amend the recent ruling. Meanwhile, the governor of Alabama already signaling that a bill may be on her desk soon. This morning, Alabama lawmakers moving quickly to protecting IVF treatments, weeks after the state Supreme Court ruling that defined a frozen embryo as an unborn child. I anticipate having a bill on my desk very shortly. Alabama Republicans introducing bills that would shield IVF clinics from civil and criminal penalties. State Democrats presenting their own measure last week, saying any fertilized human egg or human embryo that exists outside of a human uterus is not considered an unborn child. Amid the scramble to resolve the legality of IVF in the state, at least three fertility clinics have hit pause on treatments, upending the lives of patients. Hannah Miles has been trying to conceive for three years. Having a child for you is priceless. Yes. Yep. You do everything that you can. Because what other choice do you have? Miles was weeks away from a scheduled embryo transfer when the ruling came down. We, more than anyone, know that an embryo does not equal a child because if it did, I'd be pregnant. Her clinic has paused new IVF treatments, but she says her embryo transfer appears to be on track for now. Meanwhile, the impact of Alabama's ruling is even being felt across the country. In Northern California, military wife Heather Marrer says her last embryo is currently with an Alabama clinic that has temporarily paused embryo transfers. I received a phone call from my doctor and I could hear the devastation in her voice. Um, and that's when I knew this isn't happening. Her heartache felt by so many other fertility patients who shared their stories with the nation's top health official, Javier Becerra, in Birmingham. We're trying to figure out at the federal level what we can continue to do to try to be supportive of people who want to access their health care rights. I think it's become pretty clear that this isn't just about abortion. And in light of what's happening here in Alabama, Democrats have really been ramping up their IVF messaging. In fact, the DNC has started posting billboards across swing states trying to tie former President Trump with a recent Alabama ruling. Meanwhile, later on today, Senator Tammy Duckworth will be reintroducing her bill, asking for unanimous consent and uh, on asking for essentially federal protections for IVF. Craig. Kathy Park forced outside the state house in Alabama. Kathy, thank you. Let's check in with Al once again. We said he was on the road. He's down in South Carolina. Hey, Al, morning. That's right. As Craig says, I am in God's country, Hilton Head, South Carolina. Uh, so for our start today challenge, our finish up for the month of February, we're going to get to that in a bit. But first, let's show you what's happening around the country. Uh, we've got, again, a gorgeous day here, but severe storms are going to be moving into much of the east. We've got heavy thunderstorms, windy conditions, and snow back through the Great Lakes. Another storm coming into the northwest. Much colder highs behind that front. Sunshine, though, from the plains all the way down into Texas. And that is your latest weather. Guys? All right, Al, thank you so much. Uh, also ahead, this could be a pivotal day in the Idaho college murders case. NBC's Laura Jarrett's following that story for us. Hey, Laura. Hey, Hoda, good morning. For months, we've been waiting and watching to see when the judge might actually set a trial date for Brian Koberger, the man that's been accused of killing those four college students in Idaho. Today, their families might finally get some answers. Back to you. 
All right, Laura, thank you. And then a popular way to get around soaring prices and inflation. Savvy shoppers turning to cheaper dupes of their favorite fashions, foods, and more. Inside that viral trend and how you can jump on board and save. But first, this is Today on NBC. Are you struggling to lower your bad LDL cholesterol, even though you may be taking a statin, swapping steaks for salads, and exercising while listening to this podcast? Ask your doctor if Repatha Evolocumab is right for you. With Repatha, you can dramatically reduce bad cholesterol and the risk of another heart attack while enjoying life, too, because you're human. And with convenient self-administration, you can take Repatha in the comfort of your own home. Do not take Repatha if you're allergic to it. Repatha can cause serious allergic reactions. Signs include trouble breathing or swallowing, or swelling of the face. Most common side effects include runny nose, sore throat, common cold symptoms, flu or flu-like symptoms, back pain, high blood sugar and redness, pain, or bruising at the injection site. Visit Repatha.com or call 1-844-REPATHA. Talk to your doctor today about Repatha. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Back now, 730. Oh. What of you? Oh. That's Hilton Head, South Carolina. I hear sighs coming from that <laughs> end of the table. That's Craigstown That's or Craig State. Um, this morning, Mr. Roker, look at that crowd, man. The members of our Start Today community from all across the country are calling it home. Al can attract quite the group at 730. Is that a drone? That, that is beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. Wow. Cool. We're going to check Good morning, right Hilton Head. And you'll notice in front of the Start Today crowd, the official state tree of South Carolina prominently displayed the Palmetto, the Palmetto. tree. Yeah. Yeah. Is that why they call it the Palmetto State? Oh, look at you. <laughs> there you over. go. Uh, we do have a lot to get to this half hour. We're going to start with that, that closely watched case. The suspect in the Idaho College murder is heading back to court today. Yeah, and a major decision hangs over that hearing. It's about a start date for the trial. NBC's senior legal correspondent, Laura Jarrett, joins us now. Laura, people have been waiting for a long time for this. Yeah, the families especially. Good morning, guys. The big question today, how soon exactly will Brian Koberger actually stand trial? His defense team has been successful at slowing this case down for more than a year. And now once it moved out of town entirely, but for the families of the four victims, when it happens is more important than where. Brian Koberger set to appear back in court today. When and where his trial will ultimately take place, still up in the air. The judge thus far hesitant to set a trial date, but that could all change today. While Koberger's defense team argues he can't get a fair trial unless it's moved out of town. It was here in this close-knit community 
that four University of Idaho students, Madison Mogan, Kaylee Gonsalves, Zana Carnodal, and Ethan Chapin, were found stabbed to death at home in November of 2022. Facing four counts of first-degree murder, a judge entered a plea of not guilty on Koberger's behalf. Defense motions to get the charges thrown out, consuming the better part of the last year, all swinging in the prosecution's favor. But the judge has held off on setting a date for trial. My heart goes out to the victims. I, I can't even imagine the, the pain, the grief, um, because you can't really go forward with your life is hanging over your head. Prosecutors had asked for it to begin this summer when schools are out, but the defense said that was too soon. Your Honor, summer of 2024, it's impossible for us to do it. Meanwhile, Koberger's defense lawyers filing a motion earlier this month to move the case out of Moscow, citing the extensive inflammatory pretrial publicity. Prosecutors calling that premature. This case has national, if not international, attention. It's not Moscow. It's not Lataw County. It's everywhere. I don't think that a change of venue is going to solve any of these problems. On the eve of last month's hearing, the Gonzalez family told NBC News that pushing the trial another year would be agonizing. My life is put on hold. My life is, um, you know, I in limbo. It's torment. It tears me up. I can't sleep at night. And I just can't imagine going that much longer. So a lot of families are really mm-hmm. anxious to see this get underway. So talk about the change of venue hearing. Uh, the defense wants to move it somewhere else in the state. Yeah, they say they can't get a fair trial in the state because it's, the county is really 40,000 people. And they say everyone knows somebody who's connected to this. The prosecutor's obviously pushing back on that. We'll see where it goes. But we should point out here, even if the venue were to change, say it moves to Boise, it wouldn't actually slow down the trial. Even the judge wouldn't tr- change. The only thing that changes is the pool of jurors that you could pick from. Mm-hmm. Well, what, what about the genetic evidence? I understand there yeah. could be some arguments over that today, Laura. What more can you tell us? About? So his attorneys have wanted to find out a little bit more about how exactly they zeroed in on this guy. They want to figure out, you know, what were the methodologies that were used? And they used some new technology here, actually building a family tree based off of publicly available genetic data. You submit things, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, wow. to different websites. The, the investigators are using some sites, not like 23 more other ones that are less well-known, but still, it's some new technology. And so the defense wants to know more about it how they zeroed in on him. The family members are anxious for this trial to get going. Will that have any influence on when this trial starts, according to the judge? You can understand where they're coming from, obviously, but it's also a death penalty case. And so in the grand scheme of things, this is actually not unusual to see it drag out this long. The judge, you saw him sort of recognize the human impact of it, but it's not really supposed to weigh in on his decision. It's really Koberger's rights that are being considered here for the purposes of that trial date. Okay, cool. Thank you, Laura. Thank you. When we come back, the shocking reversal of a teenager's assault conviction. It sparked nationwide outrage. The judge has now been removed from the bench. What he is saying to us this morning and reaction from the victim. But first, a trendy way to save and stay, well, trendy. Christine Romas is checking it out. Hey, Christine. Uh, Good morning, you guys. They're called dupes. This is chasing cheap millions of Americans, almost making a sport out of finding the very cheapest version of your favorite product. We have that right after the break. Hey, parents. Greenlight is here to take one big thing off your to-do list, teaching your kids about money. With a Greenlight debit card and money app of their own, kids and teens learn to earn, save, and invest. You can send money instantly, set flexible controls, 
and get real-time notifications of your kids' money activity. Set up chores and put allowance on autopilot to reward them for their hard work. Then learn about the world of money together. Get one month free when you sign up at greenlight.com slash podcast. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. See, they're McDonald's. I'm McDowell's. They got the golden arches. Mine is the golden arcs. <laughs> now see, they got the Big Mac. I got the Big Mick. We both got two all-beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, and onions. But they use a sesame seed bun. My buns have no seeds. Oh, it never gets old. Never back, does. back from that funny moment from coming to America. It's the perfect setup, really, yeah. for our next year. Now we're in the zone. Yeah. A money-saving trend is taking the internet by storm. Shoppers opting for similar products at cheaper prices. NBC senior business correspondent Christine Rome is this year. You got a closer look. Hey, Christine. Yeah, how do you follow that, right? Good morning, you guys. The hashtag dupe has almost 6 billion views on TikTok alone. It's a craze not only picked up on social media, but by businesses themselves with inflation putting a dent in consumers' pockets. Everybody looking for the best deals regardless of the brand. After three years of high inflation, American consumers are chasing cheap and bragging about it online. Elf is in their dupe era. They're talking about dupes, short for duplicates, low-cost alternatives to pricey consumer goods from makeup, to peanut butter, to designer bags. They're seeking out store brands and cheap alternatives. Dupes and affordable alternatives to Charlotte Tilbury. Abby Rivera shares her favorite dupes and products on TikTok. She says her 295,000 followers have a big interest in getting the most bang for their buck. This is about finding something great for the lowest possible price. People right now especially are looking to get what they want, but for a cheaper price because We all know prices for everything is going up and up and up. And if they can get a similar product for $10 instead of spending $45, they're going to be very happy to get that $10 product. For example, Anthropology's best-selling Gleaming Primrose Mirror will run you $548, but the Walmart version will cost only $55 when you buy it online. Younger shoppers are driving this trend. They're less brand loyal than their parents and grandparents. It's almost a stamp of approval. It's a documentation or a demonstration that you said went out and found an item that is of near equal value for a lower price. And after dealing with higher prices for years, consumers now have the upper hand and companies know it. The CEO of Kraft Heinz recently saying, We also recognize that the consumers are looking for better value in all the choices they're making. Overall prices are up 19% since January 2020, with grocery bills skyrocketing 25%, leaving consumers on the hunt for cheaper alternatives. I'm just not paying Tyson prices if I don't have to. Buying store brand items and even grocery store dupes. You hear videos on TikTok not just about makeup and skincare, but people complaining about the cost of living, the cost of the grocery store, the cost at restaurants. 
they would like to get the cheapest option, but still a good option. I like that you're saying it's cool to be cheap it's now. Cool like be cheap. that is the cool thing. So wait, what kind of products are, are people looking for? So clothes, number one, yeah. home goods. And you, you just should see people chase the cheapest home goods. And then, uh, you know, finally beauty and a lot mm. of cologne and perfume. Those are the biggest things that people try to find uh, for dupes. But it's interesting to me, they don't go for jewelry. And they don't go um, for jewelry and electronics. Those mm. are the two things that people want the brand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They want to pay up for it. They don't want to. They don't want to go cheap on those things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're knockoffs, but now knockoffs are cool. Sometimes they're not knockoffs. They're just another brand that's cheaper or a store brand. They love the store brands and they compare, you know, waffles with a name brand and a store brand. One's a dollar, one's six dollars. And then they celebrate it online. For all those kids who had to wear those other jeans to school and all the kids made fun of them. It's like, yeah. And now we're like, we're cool (laughs) now. Yeah, it's cool to be the cheap kid. Okay. Thanks, Christine. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, More proof that Mr. Roker actually takes the sunshine wherever he goes. It's a little dreary here in the Northeast. Sunshine abundant there in Hilton Head, South Carolina. Hey, Al. Hey, guys. Good morning. In fact, we got all of our Start Today folks here. Uh, we're going to be doing a big, big South Carolina Start Today. Uh, Stephanie Monsur's in Greenville, so we're going to be talking about that. Uh, and by the way, the, the, you know, the, 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 the dupes. When I was a kid, Converse were the big sneakers, but if you didn't have cons, you got with, if you were wearing those brand X, they were called skips. And you did not want to be seen wearing skips, unfortunately. Anyway, let's show you. Yeah, right? Yeah. So they know. Let's show you what we've got going. Going on out west, we got a big storm system that's starting in the Pacific Northwest and eventually making its way down to the south with heavy rain and snow. Winter weather alerts, we've got that through Sunday for 6 million people from California all the way on into the Intermountain region. We are looking for heavy rain, especially from some places 8 to 10 inches along the Pacific Northwest coast and on into Northern California. And snowfall, this is crazy, 5 to 10 feet Likely in the Sierra Mountains, some areas are going to be seeing 5 to 10 inches of snow per hour. It's nuts. And that is your latest weather, guys. All right, Al, thank you. And coming up, Adele's popular Las Vegas residency once again on hold. What she is saying about that and her latest health scare. Guys, coming up on Popstar, we've got the secret to perhaps achieve Super Bowl success. It'll be revealed. Is it possible it has something to do with one era's touring pop star? I knew you were going to bring it up. I'll let you know about that. Plus, we have Pop-Tarts and Pop-Star. That's a first. Oh, really? And award-winning actress Robin Wright going to be joining us to talk live about her new royal role that comes 37 years after her breakout performance in the classic The Princess Bride. Pop-Tarts. That's right. Pop-Tarts and Pop-Star first. Mm -hmm. Like, you're going to actually bring Pop-Tarts. Don't promise that. You do? No, I have multiple flavors already done. When it comes to teaching kids and teens about money, practice makes perfect. That's where Greenlight comes in. With a debit card and money app of their own, kids learn to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest. Parents send instant money transfers, create custom chores, and automate allowance, while kids track their spending, set savings goals, and practice money skills they can use today and for life. Get one month free when you sign up at greenlight.com slash podcast.